0: Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth. Welcome back. I guess as this episode is coming out, it hasn't been a break for you, but it's been a break for me because I have been out on the road. I was gone for about a month, which is actually like a few weeks shorter than I thought I might be. But The exhaustion hit real hard halfway through in Maine. Um, and I realized something really funny about Amtrak, which we will dig into in a full train episode that I'm really excited for because I love trains. But, um, Amtrak doesn't particularly run north to south in America. It has like three big routes across the country from, you know, east to west, west to east. But if you go like halfway across the country in the south and you want to go up north, you're, um, you're going to have a hard time of that if you want to stay on trains. So I realized that my whole, like, come back from the East Coast to Colorado, um, I really only had one way to do that unless I wanted to go all the way up to, like, Washington state or, you know, down across to California and then up around. And I actually did find ways to make that work, um, with the ticket that I had, but it would have meant like many, many overnights on the train and just would have taken a really long time. Um, and I'm sure it would have been fun and I would really love to do something like that sometime, but After four weeks on the road, I was ready to come back to Colorado, so here I am, and I've been back for like two or three weeks at this point, and... I've actually been putting off recording more podcast episodes because I'm kind of nervous. It was such a break that I got out of the habit and it's hard to get back into it, even though I really want to. Um, but I just got nervous about doing it again. I felt like I'd forgotten everything on the technical side. And then I got sick. You can probably still tell I'm a little bit congested, not COVID. I did take so many COVID tests while I was traveling um, at various points just to make sure that I was still good. And never got COVID. So vaccines work. Get your vaccine. But I guess maybe all the trip stuff finally caught up to me and I did just get a cold. So I didn't want to record when I was completely sick, but I'm doing better. So we are back here. We are back on it. And of course, since I already jumped into it a little bit, we are going to talk about the American road trip. I feel like that's kind of a thing in itself, like the American novel, the great American novel, the great American road trip. I really wanted to come back with some kind of like a big insight, some big topic that I wanted to dig into and like impart wisdom and Americana, you know, information or whatever. Um, and as I pondered it, you know, for the few weeks after I came back, there wasn't any one takeaway. I mean, well, as I sit here now talking, I guess you could say that the takeaway is that you can't describe America in one thing. Um, everywhere I went was so different. Just, even just within a few hours of driving, you could be in a vastly different place with, with different culture and people and scenery and all of that. So it's really hard to sum up everything in one idea. So I'm going to take you through a few different, uh, things that I thought of throughout the trip and after the trip, Um, some little takeaways, no big dramatic personal revelations or insights, but just some little fun facts that I realized as I traveled across the country. So just to kind of paint a picture for you first, we set out, my parents and I set out from Colorado, driving in their 1991 Volkswagen Westphalia van, um, which is so many things. Um, it's just a blast, first of all. Like, it's a really fun way to do a road trip. It's also really convenient because you have everything there. You have the little kitchen. You have all the little bookshelves and all the different, um, like conversions and things they've added to make it really handy and run really well. And it's just a really excellent vehicle. And that actually brings me to my first point is that everyone in America has some connection to a Volkswagen van. Everywhere we stopped, people got so excited. They would take pictures. Everyone came up to us and it was always like, oh man, I used to own one of these or like my brother bought one or I worked on one one time or I've always wanted one. Um, everyone had some sort of connection or story to tell about their experience with a Volkswagen van. So it really does bring people together and it's just sort of this classic thing that everyone can relate to in a really funny way. And it's a if you're going to be conspicuous, I think it's a fun way to be conspicuous is to roll into town like that. Um, and get get your picture taken and everything. So uh, that was a blast. That's how we were traveling. Um, my parents drove. My dad drove essentially the whole way that I was with them, and I sat in the back seat the whole time. I got a lot of good naps in, and reading, and podcasts, and music, and all kinds of stuff. So it was a really fun first part of the trip. And if you're interested, um, I actually saved all of my Instagram stories as like a road trip highlight. So if you haven't seen them, if you weren't following, find Going Out Your Door on Instagram and all the road trip adventures are still saved there. So we road tripped from Colorado to Minnesota to see my sister. She lives there now. It was the first time that I had ever been to Minnesota. Um, Definitely our first time visiting her there. So that was really fun. We got to see some like farm life and yeah, it was just a new, a new state for me. I don't think I'd ever been there. So that was super fun. And then after a few days with her, we drove from Minnesota to Maine and it was a really, cool progression across the country in terms of like scenery and seasons. You know, as we got into new England, it was just the perfect quintessential fall and having grown up in new England, it made me feel all the feelings, um, <laughs> uh, driving through like the little towns in Vermont and New Hampshire and then Maine. Um, and just that real adorable Americanness, new England, new Englandness, which is very hard to say with a stuffy nose. <laughs> um, in fall and it was just really fun to feel that again um, and also just to be on the coast see the Atlantic Ocean do all of that uh, have a lobster roll uh, we stayed in a house that was fairly close to the ocean so you get that smell you get that experience um, that was just a blast and then in Maine my parents and I parted ways they continued on driving and I took the train well actually I took the bus. That's right. I took the bus first from Maine to Boston. And that's actually a route that I used to do all the time because I went to school in Massachusetts and I would always take the bus home. So I was back on that exact same bus route that I used to take. And um, yeah, blast from the past. It was really funny. And then from Boston, I started my Amtrak adventure. Love the train. Love Amtrak. I took the train from Boston to New York City. And I never actually spent any time in New York City before, like not any substantial time. I was there for like two days when I was about 12 with my aunt and uncle. And then I was there for about four hours a couple of years ago to visit my sister. But that was the sum total of my New York City experience. So, I mean, even now I've still barely seen anything being there for like three days, but at least I got a chance to dig in on my own. Um, And I'm just giving you like the brief overview of the trip now. You know, we'll definitely talk about these things in more detail in the future or I'll do blog posts. I haven't decided, but I was in New York for a couple days. I stayed in Brooklyn. I did some walking tours. One was the street art in Bushwick and then a Greenwich Village walking tour. And I didn't put any pressure on myself to like see everything or see the quintessential New York things because you know, it just wasn't going to happen in the short amount of time that I was there. So rather than trying to, or putting pressure on myself to see specific things, I just tried to really enjoy wherever I happened to be at that moment, whatever neighborhood I was in, find something cool. Um, and I think that was really the best way to do it. And I got to see like some really cool areas and, you know, corners and neighborhoods that I probably wouldn't have otherwise, but I did miss some of the iconic things, but I'm okay with that. That's fine. And then from New York, I took the train again to Chicago. Um, I was hoping to see a friend there, but she wasn't there the few days that I was there. So that didn't happen. But it was my first time ever in Chicago, and it was super cool. Um, Chicago's not a city that I've ever thought much about to be honest I mean it's not that I didn't want to go there I just never really considered it it wasn't high on my radar but I had a really great time and it's a gorgeous city the architecture is amazing um, I found it just like really approachable maybe in a way that New York wasn't necessarily um, it felt a little bit more like homey or doable or or whatever uh, whereas New York just feels like a a world unto itself you know like it doesn't really exist when you're there um chicago felt very real very cool but also very real i hope that makes sense i'm just this is just my ramblings about the trip i haven't um prepped much of this so you're just getting my honest opinions at this point And actually, in Chicago, I did a house sitting situation. Um, I stayed in someone's apartment and took care of their dog while they were away for a couple days. And I found that through an online platform, which I think we'll talk about in a future episode because it's a really, or it can be a really great way to, you know, do budget travel, save money on your accommodation. So I spent, um, was it three nights, I think, in Chicago and didn't pay a penny for. Where I was staying, it was a really nice apartment to be honest in a fabulous location. Um, and we'll get into like the pros and cons of doing that and I'll have some recommendations for sites and how to set that up in the future because they exist around the world. You know, this isn't just an American thing. Um, so you can do house sitting, pet sitting all over the world and I think it's definitely something that I want to do again. Um, I will go into it with more insight in how to make it a better experience this time, but I definitely want to try it again. I think it's a great situation. So we'll talk more about that in the future, but that's just a little sneak preview. So uh, from Chicago, then I took the train again back to Colorado. That was another overnight on the train. And no for everyone asking. This is the first question everyone asks me when they hear about the cross-country train trip is, did you get a sleeper? No, I did not get a sleeper. I spent two nights, luckily not consecutive nights. Um, one of the nights was from New York to Chicago, and the other one was Chicago to Colorado, um, sleeping overnight in my seat. Um, again, pros and cons to that. Pro, you save a lot of money. Con, it's not a great night of sleep. Um, but again, it was just a great experience. I love the train. So that is how I ended up back in Colorado full circle. Um, Okay, so here are some of my random observations on the American road trip, the American road trip experience. Number one, every town has two things. No matter how small the town is, they always have these two things. Number one, a state farm agent. I can't even count the number of state farm offices that we passed on the trip. Every single town had a state farm and every single town has a Masonic lodge. That one was, I don't want to say surprising because it does kind of make sense and honestly like the small town I live in now in Colorado has a Masonic Lodge too, but it is weird. I haven't put too much thought into the implications of it or why or anything like that, but it is odd. Every single town has a Masonic Lodge. And again, I'm using every single town a little liberally, but the vast majority of towns that we traveled through had a state farm and a Masonic Lodge. Number two, second observation, America is not inventive when it comes to city and town names. And I'm actually curious if other countries do this as well. So if you're from a different country, if you're living in a different country, let me know if this applies or not. There are so many duplicates of city and town names. I mean, you can think of even like some of the bigger ones, like there's a Portland, Oregon, there's a Portland, Maine, but even smaller towns across the country all have the same names. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, like I saw so many Springfields looking at the map or uh, like Burlington's. There's so many Burlington's. So I actually looked this up and... <laughs> In America, there are 88 cities or towns with the name Washington, which I guess kind of makes sense. They want to, you know, make themselves feel good or feel special by having the same name as the capital city, but there are 88 Washingtons. There are 41 Springfields, and then some other names that are very common are Franklin, Clinton, Arlington, Georgetown, Burlington, the list goes on. So... I could, you know, maybe posit some explanations for this, like people, you know, when they founded a new town or whatever, wanted to tie themselves to their roots or to another prominent town or city. Um, that's sort of what I would guess, but honestly, I think it's kind of boring. It's kind of unoriginal and a little confusing when you're traveling across country. I mean, let's get, let's get inventive guys. Um, and gals, sorry. Probably was guys back then, though, to be honest. Um, but like I said before, if you're from another country... Does your country have many, many cities and towns with the same name? Let me know. Very curious, um, but that was the second thing that I noticed was a lack of originality when it comes to place names in the U.S. I mean, that's not even getting into like the big ones like New Jersey or New York or New England, frankly. Um, but even within the country there's many, many duplicates. Number three. Now this is specific. I wanted to talk about sort of the COVID situation across the country. Um, We tried to be very careful in traveling, knowing that like, you know, traveling is not the safest thing you could be doing. Um, But my parents and I are all fully vaccinated. And for the most part, we were completely socially distanced from everyone else because we stayed uh, mainly in campgrounds and, you know, we're driving by ourselves and back roads and things like that. Um, but anytime before we saw like a group of family or a, a new group of family, we would do a, a COVID rapid test, which you know those are not not the most accurate, but um, we did the best we could, and we always wore our masks and things like that. So that was sort of our you know how we approached the whole thing. But going through the different COVID cultures across the country was really interesting. From you know a lot of the Midwest towns that didn't, <laughs> didn't do anything. It seemed like there was, there's no masking whatsoever. There was, you know, no signs, no requests for social distancing or anything like that. Um, and then other places, it was full on every single person in the grocery store wearing a mask, um, things like that. And then I was really surprised when I got to Boston and New York, uh, the number of people wearing masks outside, because that's something that I noticed about the U.S. is even in places that are really good with masking, it's usually just indoors. Whereas when I came back from Taiwan, we had that mask mandate to wear masks 100% of the time if you were out of your house. So you had to be wearing one outside in a grocery store, hiking, whatever, you had to have a mask on. Um, but in the US, I. Don't see people wearing them outside very often, which, like, you know, fair. Um, hopefully, they're vaccinated, and the chance of spreading COVID outside is very low. So, I get it. But I was really surprised getting to the bigger cities—Boston, um, New York—I think Chicago as well—but I really noticed it in um, on the East Coast, big cities that. I would say more than half, uh, half, maybe 50%, okay. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people were still wearing their masks correctly outside as well, which I was really impressed with. Um, so that was sort of my perspective is that there were just vast differences across the country in terms of the, I don't want to say the awareness of COVID because everyone knows about it, but the response to COVID, let's say. And number four, getting into camping a little bit. So we mostly camped. We, we planned to camp the whole time, but ran into a couple of situations, um, where we needed, uh, one night to get a hotel and things like that just because I, you know, you never can plan what will happen. The first night we ran into this massive, thunder, lightning, windstorm. Um and we actually did camp that night, but it meant that the following night we were like, you know what, let's get a hotel because we deserve it. <laughs> um so that was that situation. And so my parents stay in the uh Volkswagen van because that's fully, you know, tricked out to sleep in. And then I had my own little tent that I would set up outside. Um, and it was just really interesting to sort of see the camping culture across the country. And by and large, RVs are the way to go. The vast majority of campgrounds were filled with RVs. And you could also argue that maybe the people who stay in tents are a little more intense. Haha, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> really sorry about that. Couldn't couldn't help myself. Um but maybe they're a little bit more hardcore about camping and so they stay not in like designated campgrounds, but just, you know, off in the wilderness. Um, so maybe it makes sense that you would find more RVs in campgrounds, but I was really surprised by that, that there weren't more people staying in tents. And speaking of RVs, some of the RV setups were, I want to say sweet, but I also want to say ridiculous, absurd. Um, I remember in one campground, I was walking around and I saw this huge RV and they had set up like a living room outside next to their RV. I think there was even like a rug. There was definitely some sort of covering on the ground. They had like a couch and a lamp. And then on the side of the RV, this huge flat screen TV and the guy was watching a football game. Um... So there is definitely a very different culture with the RV life than with like camping or what I'm used to. And another thing that really surprised me with the RVs is that a lot of them are long-term. People who treat their RV life in a campground kind of like their summer house or their vacation home or something, and it's parked there the entire season. I guess, summer, or whatever, whatever the season is for them. Um, they keep the RV there the entire time, and then they come and go in their regular car, um, and that is where they stay. And so that's kind of interesting. I mean, in a way, I think it's kind of cool, but it's also very specific. It's a very specific kind of, of lifestyle of, of doing things, I guess. So, yeah, just interesting, different ways that people view Um, camping or vacations or things like that. Number five. This is sort of the classic American road trip thing. There are just so many fun and random things to see across the country. I mean, this one is, I feel like it's kind of stereotypical, but we did actually come across it by accident. I was looking at the map and I was like, oh my gosh, 20 minutes out of our way is Carhenge. So we detoured to Carhenge. It's in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska, and it's all of these old classic cars set up like Stonehenge um, in the middle of the prairie. And pa- they're all painted gray. I think it would be cool if they were the original colors are like different colors, but they're all painted cray to look like Stonehenge. And, um, that's, that's Carhenge. <laughs> but it was actually really cool. And they do have some other like art sculptures around the area. There's one car like stood up on end. That is like the graffiti car that all the, you know, high school kids and whatever come and do their graffiti and paint their names on. And it just gets covered up and covered up. So that was really cool to see. And it was just fun. And, you know, We had one day, we didn't go to any of these, unfortunately, but there was one day on the map that we were so close to, like, the world's largest frying pan, the world's largest strawberry, the world's largest whatever. And it's just a reminder that America is so quirky and so weird, and that is the best part about road tripping, is not having an agenda, not having a plan, or you know, specific dates that you have to get there by and just being able to take all of those random detours and see all of those things that you never typically would in your regular everyday life. So America has a lot to offer, like the world's largest strawberry. Another thing that's really fun about driving across the country is the ferries. There are lots of rivers to cross, some very big famous rivers like the Mississippi and many others as well. And one way that you can cross them is by ferries. That's something that my parents love to do. And so they made sure to incorporate that on our trip. I think I was only there for one of them. Um, and that actually was crossing the Mississippi. Um... And this one was very small. So we pulled up to this like little tiny port like down a dirt road. Um, and you had to hail the ferry by pressing a button. So there was this big electronic box and it said like to call ferry, press the button. So I pressed the button and it took a while. It was on the other side. Um, it took, a, I don't know, I think 20, 30 minutes. We waited for it. And by the time it came, there were like three or four other cars behind us, a couple of motorcycles. Uh, so we drove on and it was about, I don't know, 10 minutes crossing and drove off the other side. Um, I think it was $15, but it was just super fun. And again, not something that you encounter in your everyday life, but something that is, I want to say like fairly common. Um, They're not everywhere, but there are still many, many ferries across America that you can take. And it's it's so much more fun than just driving across a bridge. So if you're ever driving across the country, look at the map, do a Google search, try to find the ferries. I really highly recommend it. It's it's a pretty fun time. And so on my list of things, I had number seven, <laughs> train travel is the best, but that will get its own episode. So that brings us to the end of our list. We will talk more about trains in the U.S. and in other countries in a future episode. But those are my thoughts on the American road trip. Again, they're, they're all pretty mundane. They're all pretty specific. No big overarching revelations about the country or anything like that. But I think that kind of makes sense. America is so diverse and huge and wide ranging and so many different things that as much as I wanted to come away with like one big takeaway, I don't think that was ever really possible. Um, Another thing about the U.S. is it is gorgeous. You know, there's so much beautiful landscape all around the world in so many different ways. But I do think the U.S. is really special in terms, again, of the diversity of landscape. There's so many different things. You could be, you know, I spent hours just staring out the window at the the prairies and the rivers that we were driving alongside and the cute little towns and the corn. My God, there is so much corn in this country. Um, anyone who's driven through the Midwest knows that. And like I said, the diversity, I mean, coming back across the country on the train, I woke up, uh, going from Chicago to Colorado. I woke up the second morning, I guess The first morning that I was on the train after, after the overnight, woke up and we're in Colorado at that point, but it's completely flat. And you don't think about that, that Eastern Colorado is still the Midwest, basically the Midwest or close to the Midwest. And so it's still totally flat, just like prairie land. Um, You know, you think of like Rocky Mountains with Colorado, but completely flat, um, all grassland. And then by Early afternoon, we were in Denver, and then an hour later, we're like in the heart of the Rocky Mountains with this just incredible snow capped scenery, and all of the aspen trees were changing colors. So it was just bright yellow. And the way that that changed so fast within the course of just, you know, five hours was really incredible. There is so much amazing scenery um, and so much different amazing scenery across the country. So The big cities are are great but really driving between them driving on the the back roads and everything is is a blast and i want to do it again (laughs) um maybe i want to drive this time uh but not a a volkswagen van i'm not really up to that challenge yet um but i do want to do like my own cross-country road trip at some point and see so much more you know i was planning to go to the south in this trip and i i didn't even do that just because again of the the challenge with the Amtrak routes and kind of wanting to get back a little bit faster than I'd originally planned. Um, but I want to go to the South again. I want to go to the Col- Colorado. I'm in Colorado. I want to go to California. I want to go to the Pacific Northwest. You know, just like there's so much. There's so much in this country that I want to see. So let me wrap this up. I could go on and on. I could keep gushing like I always do about whatever topic I'm talking about. But now I want to hear about your road trips, you know, have you done the quintessential American road trip? Do you have any suggestions for me? I would love to hear about that. What was your favorite route or favorite place that you went to? Um, what is road tripping like in other countries? Does it really exist as the same sort of concept that we have it here in the States? Um, so you can send those stories to going travel at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for more travel and Colorado life content at going out your door. Also on Facebook at going out your door and Twitter at going out your, and I always forget to mention this, but if you are listening on Apple podcasts, I would love a review. That would be fantastic. And until next time, we will talk all the travel things on going out your door.